Hey there, this is Terry Cowley, weekday breakfast presenter on 1FM Shepparton. Thanks for checking out this podcast. It was recorded live as part of The Brecky Show, which you can catch 6 to 9am Monday to Friday. It's the week that was with Rosa Ritchie of the Shepparton News. It's good morning to Rosa. How are you? Good morning. Pretty well, thank you. Been another busy week. There's, I don't know, it's just crazy in this lead up to Christmas, I'm finding. I know. I'm wondering, is it this crazy every year or does it feel particularly intense? (laughs) Maybe we are just out of practice. That's true. (laughs) We haven't got our social... um, skills well lubricated no no and and perhaps there is a bit of uh, making up for lost time yes well i guess everyone you catch up with who you haven't seen in a long time there's um it's a it's a long long time and there's a lot to unpack so especially if you're trying to catch up with relatives and friends interstate yeah yeah which is for the time being it seems like trips to new south wales will you know always be possible um both premiers in Victoria and New South Wales have promised they're not going to shut the borders. But um, I know it's for people going to places like South Australia and, you know, hoping to go to WA, um, it's a little bit more touch and go. And Queensland as well. Queensland, Mm. Fingers crossed we can all get to where we need to for Christmas, even if that means staying at home, which is not a bad thing at all. We did that last year. So plenty of uh, big stories this week in the Shepparton News. Plenty. Yeah, one little sort of important update that came through late last night um, is relevant to an article we published on Monday to say that vaccine, <coughs> vaccination... Oh, sorry, that's my little Audrey, who's seeing a ghost up. Hi, Audrey. <laughs> <laughs> Vaccinations were provisionally approved for children um, aged as young as five on Monday, and then just last night that was formalised. So now we know that um, prior to the school year starting next year, those kids who haven't been eligible yet, who are five and up, um, will be able to have a vaccine. So I I, I wonder if that will mean the GV vaccination hub will be ramping back up again at the showgrounds there? They will. They'll ramp back up again in January. And also they're expecting... Ah, I know what you're going to say. A wave of booster shots. Yes, because, yes. You know that um, six-month period. At, yep. At the moment, most people who are eligible for a booster are aged care workers, and you know those those one A and one B priority groups, um, healthcare workers and and older people and um, First Nations people if if they had their vaccine um, right at the beginning. But um, then next year we'll start to see a huge number of boosters um, hit their due date. Yes, so plenty of work to be done in that space. Yeah. Do you have any dates on the 5 to 12-year-old um, cohort? No, I only know that it's January, so don't worry about it before Christmas. Okay. It's, it's a problem for the new year. All right. Thank you, Rosa. What else uh, has been making headlines? Uh, well, this week we also had a bit of staying in the medicine field, the med- medical theme, Um Shepparton welcomed its first cohort of postgraduate medical students. So those are those are people who've done their undergraduate degree and they're ready to do the real thing to, to study to become a doctor and they'll do that in Shepparton 
which is hoped will, you know, plenty of them will stick around and it'll encourage uh, doctors and nurses to work in regional Victoria because we badly need them to come. <laughs> I actually had the Regional Health Minister, David Gillespie, in the studio, I think it was Tuesday, to chat about that. Yeah, yeah, so it's exciting and, yeah, I hope to have a great experience here and um, stick around. Oh, I think some of them are local, actually, so it allows them to come home. Oh, well, that's, yeah, that's something I didn't know. There you go. Even better, they know they know where to get coffee and where to go out on Saturday night. <laughs> yes, that's right. They can uh, share that with their friends that have come from other places. Yeah. What else uh, do you, did sort of really specially caught your eye this week, uh, Rosa? Well, in the, uh, and I probably won't go into heaps of detail about them, but we've covered a few really tough stories from the courts um, as a few instances of relating to this theme of gendered violence. You know, it keeps cropping up. So um, we saw a man jailed for 13 years for a, a really kind of harrowing story of sexual assault that was disclosed and... Um, the story of shepherd and teen Rukia Haidari came up again, who um, some listeners may remember was murdered in Western Australia by her husband. Um, yeah, terrible, terrible story. It's a really hard story, and um, her mother is facing allegations that um, it involved a forced marriage. So the, these stories, you know, crop up, and um, they're, they're hard to hear about, and they're they're sad and they're, for some people they're probably angering. But in today's paper, um, to finish 16 days of activism against gendered violence, um, I spoke to Chris McInnes, who is from Primary Care Connect, uh, and she's the executive manager of family violence at Primary Care Connect. And one of the key messages that she wanted to share and which for you and me and anyone listening is important to think about is that rather than demonising individuals and certain stories about um, gendered violence, which is, you know, sexual violence, family violence, she really encouraged people to look at the way that the structure of our society allows or um, fosters this kind of behaviour and um, to take place. So don't, don't always look at the symptom, look at the cause, and that was a good reminder for someone working in media like myself. Yeah, and it, it, um, it, it, it um, I guess, puts the emphasis back on all of us as, as to what we can do to change that. Yes, because it's, it, it doesn't matter if you've never been affected by these issues. We're, we're all part of, of the big picture and, you know, small interactions that you wouldn't witness at the pub or in the, at school or in your workplace... Um, you know, microaggressions and, and any kind of, yeah, it, it all feeds on a continuum is what Chris McInnes was saying. And, um, yeah, when I was reading these stories that I found really sad and scary and, and hard to think about, um, it was a good reminder. I thought that um, it's all part of a much bigger picture. So, And perhaps yeah. something positive can come out of the airing of those stories. Yes, exactly. Yeah, when, that, that that we don't talk about them um, for for shock value. It's because, firstly, the lives of those people who were affected matter, and, and we should remember their stories. But also, we hope that by being a bit more transparent and open and discussing these issues, we can prevent them happening so often in the future. 
Just to completely change tack, I thought it might be worth mentioning the year orientation day occurred this year at schools. So all the kids get to go up to their class for next year to see, you know, what teacher they have and what that might be like. And uh, my little one did that, yes, had a day in year six. And my elder one doesn't have to do that anymore. He spent the day lounging about, so hopefully that doesn't that wasn't his orientation for next year. Uh, <laughs> but I see that the year six students went to on a, on a tour of the big new school, so that would have been a, a big thing for them. And I think you, you've got a supplement in the paper today relating to the new Greater Shepparton Secondary College. Yeah, and I just imagine they're sort of, Year sixes and year sevens always look so tiny and their backpacks always look so huge on their backs, but um, <laughs> they, they, they would have been absolutely wowed by the scale of their new school, I think, and, and, and how different it is from primary school. So I bet a lot of excitement and, and nice for them to be able to dip their toes in the water before the real thing next year. Yeah, I think that was the first time that's happened with students on site because, you know, the issues with COVID, et cetera, has made all that kind of stuff a bit more complex, hasn't it? Mm. Yes. Yeah, well, hopefully... I was going to say 340 students. I'm just reading your story now. Not your personal story, but the Shepherd and News story. 340 students from across the Golden Valley are enrolled in Year 7 at GSSC next year. So that's a, a fair uh, whack of people and their families who are affected by that. So mm. hopefully they came away feeling positive because we want we want kids to feel positive about their own schools, don't we? Oh, absolutely, yeah. So what's uh, on the drawing board for today? And Oh, I think you're going to Melbourne, aren't you? I'm going to Melbourne to get to Sydney, actually, to see my my pop, who's in his mid-90s, and I haven't been able to see him for nearly a year. So. Oh, that's um, nice. Yeah. It's, it's um, really tough, that uh, that separation with people who are older. You you, you just don't know when you'll see them. It's... it's uh, worrying isn't it yeah well I was very uh, I really had to kind of accept that I might not see him again um, at one point at several points over the past few years so I feel very very lucky um, that, that I do get to go and have a cuppa on Saturday straight from the airport Excellent. I'm sure he will love seeing you, Rosa, and you enjoy yourself. Say hello to my hometown. <laughs> I will. I'll wave at the bridge for you. <laughs> Thank you. And hopefully we'll get to catch up with you next week. Speak soon and have a good week, everyone. Thanks, Rosa.